your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. Joining me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And on today's episode, we will be discussing that 3-2 to victory over Tampa Bay. But first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show's YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified whenever a new show goes live. And of course, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Very good game. And I did not expect the Avalanche to come out as hot as they did. I was fully prepared for kind of like a throwaway first period. And then the game would really start in the second. But man, like the Avs came out swinging and smoking hot, man. And it's one of those that with the speed of the Avalanche, as soon as they hit the ice, you're surprised that Nathan McKinnon wasn't in the lineup. Like it was one of those that you were surprised by everybody's output. And maybe rest is a good thing for this Avalanche team. Yeah. And and really, like like when you think about it, it's a week. It's not an yeah. off season. It's not months. It's a week off. And should you really need that, like maybe the first couple shifts and maybe that's just my like negative thinking because this team is, is typically this year they've started off game slow. Yeah. It's not their forte to like, they start once the game gets into the meat of the game, they start picking things up a little bit. That's not to say that they've had uh, poor first periods all throughout the year, but come on. I mean, all, all the signs were kind of pointing to, like, you, you've had a week off. They might need a little bit to get going. That wasn't the case. They were no. on fire from the beginning. Really, both teams were. But for the Avs, it, it showed on the scoreboard because they got a couple goals. Um, and I think even that, even, you know, facing the all-world Vasilevsky, you, you're going to have to be on your game anyway. And they were in that first period. They looked great. Forechecking was incredible. Sustained offensive possessions. Good zone. It like it. It was like they, like you said, like they had no time off whatsoever. It was great. Yeah, and when Gabe scored early, you had that feeling. Okay, we got lucky here. Let's just hold on. And when they got that really beautiful setup goal for Devin Taze, that second goal. Yeah. They were buzzing at that point, and you really started feeling good about this. You're like, "How many are we going to hang on the lightning I mean, tonight?" I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say like I, I thought it was going to happen, but in the back of your mind, you're like, "Are like you're saying, are, are they playing well enough? Where is Vasilevsky going to get pulled from this thing? There's exactly. no way." Like, and and that that just goes to show you how good he is because yeah, yeah, the Avs got one more which they needed, obviously, because that mm-hmm. was a game winner from Nachuskin. But he turned things around, uh, yeah. Vasilevsky did. And that just shows you how incredible of a goalie he is to kind of, you know, he, he's he's lo- he's losing the game, uh, not playing very well, but he can just turn things on mid-game um, and, really, and really shut a team down. And you needed on your end, 
from the Avalanche end, you needed your goalie and Darcy Kemper to be better, and he was one goal better last yeah. night. He, both goalies look good, and you got to give Kemper credit too. None of those goals were easy, um, and all the saves were. You could tell those goalies knew this was going to be on their lap tonight. Um, the scoring, you were getting it from, of course, Gabe and Devin, and you got it from Nuke, but like you're not getting it where you anticipated, and scoring was weird for Tampa. So the goalies kind of understood, like, if we're going to win this game, I've got to play a flawless game. And they, yeah. you could see both in both goalies the moment when they realized, okay, this is on us tonight. And they really took ownership of that and sailed through the second and especially the third. Well, both goals from Tampa were pretty. Uh, they were. The, the Kucherov move, um, kind of in the neutral zone. I don't remember who he, he faked out on the avalanche, but um, kind of maneuvered the puck around him, gave it to Point, who gave it right back to him. <clears throat> and then the second one was was Braden Point. I don't know what he was doing that far back in, in the zone. I mean, he was almost on the Avs blue line uh but whatever i mean it was a good pass i think who was that from kucherov no that was from sergachev um a great pass that hit him in stride and and he made a nice move so the two goals you're not getting on kemper for those those, those were solid playmaking goals um but the other ones he he shut them down and especially those last i think they pulled Vasilevsky with like three minutes to go and when Shades you have of Patrick a, Walk. Right. <laughs> right. And when you have uh, an offensive team, a powerhouse of a team that Tampa is, uh, you know, to, to shut them down for three minutes with uh, with no goalie is, is impressive. And there were a couple times when that goalie was pulled and the Avs had a chance. I think it was uh, Landeskog who had kind of a shot and it just grazed off whoever was standing in front of him, uh, just grazed off his leg which would have ended it four to two. And when that happened, I'm like, we're going overtime. Yeah. You, you had a chance to, 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 you know, seal this thing up and they got a lucky bounce and they're going to benefit off it. And it just never happened. I thought the Avs played a sound, sound game from beginning to end. And to follow up on your point about Kemper in that last three minutes with the goalie pulled, there was a very long shift. The avalanche were on the ice and that defense was mm-hmm. tired. Mm-hmm. And for him not to get caught up in that chaos of dead legs and everybody just kind of drifting into almost like a penalty kill situation, just drifting. And for Darcy to keep his wherewithal and not let things go wrong. And that defense did not give up either. Like they were making good plays and they were trying everything to get it out of the zone. So for us to come out unscathed through that also speaks a lot to where this avalanche team is sitting right now. Yeah, I mean, that was scary. That would be, yeah. and, you know, like you said, they were out there for a long time, and uh, and Tampa can take advantage of things like that. And they had some good looks, but this is where you have to give Darcy Kemper his, his due and his credit. And do you kind of feel like he is just settling in nicely right now? Like, yeah, that's been his MO. Like, he, he gets stronger as the season goes on. Granted, you know, if he can stay healthy during the season, which he has been for this year, mm-hmm. and you have to feel good. But I think, I think all those, not all of them. I think there's still going to be like chirping of people saying like, "Oh, they need to maybe get another goalie at the trade deadline." We'll get to Joe Sackett comments because he held a press conference before the game started, and if you were watching on Altitude, obviously went in the booth with Mark Mosier and kind of talked about the same things they said at the press conference. Uh, but 
I, I, did they talk? Did he talk? I, I'm trying to think in, in, in the booth with Mojo if he really talked about the goalies. I don't think he did too much in the press conference. He kind of did. I think they're happy. I yeah. think they're happy with what they have now that Francis is back. And you're seeing it. You're seeing Kemper p- play a really good game against a really good team. And that's what you want to see. Especially if you looked at Darcy at the beginning of the year and how he was like overcorrecting. And of course, the equipment falling apart yeah. at various yeah. parts. But like, to that shift we mentioned about the Avs basically killing off the extra man, um, there was a, a portion where Darcy went to control the puck just so we can get a change, and he couldn't get clean control of it, and the puck skated out, and the defense kind of cycled around the back of the net. But Darcy didn't overplay or try and like continue to chase the puck into yeah. that zone and let it go. And like his confidence in the defense and the defense's confidence in Darcy they're starting to play off each other, and it's yeah. you start to feel a lot better in those situations where you're not like edge of your seat, like biting your fingernails. Like you're starting to really believe in this team, and they're believing in themselves. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, some other things to get to. We we'll get to stats and and things like that. Break some more stuff down and um, see what else we got to talk about. But for right now, let's hear from Built Bar. And this is the time of the year that we've pretty much given up on all of the New Year's resolutions, but not this year. Am I right? Because nope. sticking to the resolution to eat right. And hopefully that was because of Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because you enjoy eating them. And have you tried the the puffs yet? Have you tried the puffs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They are clutch. If you're a marshmallow fan... Uh, they had, they're like a marshmallowy texture to them. And, and I'm not the biggest marshmallow fan, but I have eaten these and I got it. They're, they're not my favorite, but they are good. My wife, marshmallow fanatic. And, um, yeah, they're, they were pretty much gone. In my <laughs> I, I, really, I think I tried one. I was like, yeah, I'd probably have those. And I didn't even get a chance because, uh, she gobbled them all up. So, yeah, uh, they are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered in 100% chocolate. So go to Built Bar or Built.com right now and check out all the macros in these bars. They have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compared to a regular candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and all of those carbs within a regular candy bar that you just do not want. So go to built or builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order. Once again, the promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So we did have, I don't want to say controversy with a goal <laughs> but <laughs> kind of controversial like you didn't think it was gonna get well they, they called it no goal so i guess you could say you didn't think it was gonna get overturned yeah simply because you didn't have a clear line of sight that it cleared the goal line in full uh i, I think common sense says it did but by the rule you can't see that it did and this is completely different than the one I think it was the Minnesota game when it went yeah. to the, when it went to the pad of the leg and the entire leg or the entire half of the body. Was yeah. it Cam Talbot? No, it wasn't Cam Talbot. And it was a uh, Kakinen. Kakinen was it when goal. Yeah, like that this is completely different. For this, it's it's you can't see it. 
Um, is there some changes that need to be made for that? Do you need somebody said on Twitter, like almost have like like uh, cameras like on the base of like the the posts, almost like pylons in yeah. in football where you can see that line. You that that would be cut and dry if it went over or not. Like it was a big point of emphasis when NBC had broadcasting rights that everybody's got stat trackers on them. Like you remember when they would like show the all-star game and it had everybody's name on top. They were tracking everybody, how fast they're going, give you all these stats. They would also track that in the puck as well. And how hard is it to just put just a little tracker in there and you kind of like how they do in tennis. Like it's over, it's over the line. Yeah. Like you have that little indicator. It's not that hard. And it's funny that you mentioned the, uh, the wild, um, just a day removed after talking to Seth, we have a controversial goal, but I, I can't remember who it was on the bench when everybody was watching the replay on the Jumbotron. One of the guys in the back were mouthing. This was like the wild and they were like shaking oh, yeah. it off. Yeah. Like, I can't remember who it was, but they were, they were showing the bench and talking about the call. And one of them were talking about, this is like when we were playing the wild, you could oh, really? see it clearly on their lips. Really? And, uh, this one, this one was not as egregious as the Minnesota game, and it didn't end up hurting us, but it sure would have been well, nice. But that's the thing, man. Hockey is a game where you know every goal is precious. Yeah. So why would you not want to have as much technology as possible to call a a goal a goal or mm-hmm. a a non goal a non goal? Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, like, I still don't feel like we have the highest quality cameras in these positions, too. Like, we, you're correct. Why are we not getting 4K cameras in, in the goal in, in every single spot possible? It's still VHS style cameras. I yeah, that, back when we were watching games on uh, NHL TV before this ESPN package, you had like your home away broadcast and you had goalie cam and it was just like a camera that looked like it was on a Magnavox VHS camcorder yeah. straight down the whole game. Like, can't we do better? Yeah, because it's a big deal. Like yeah. every goal is a big deal. And like you said, it didn't hurt us. Didn't hurt us last night. But there's been plenty of games where that could hurt a team. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be more of those all throughout the year. So I just want to see the NHL do something where it's you don't have to you don't have to use common sense. It's get camera angles where, you know, cut and dry if it's in there. And I mean, maybe that is putting maybe little cam- tiny cameras at the base of the, the post. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the NFL put camera and college football. They have it in the pylons at the end zone mm-hmm. for those yeah. same reasons. Like it's I, not that hard. The puck is smaller. All you have to do is either put a chip or put an extra camera going right down the post. Yeah. And then I joked with people on Twitter saying, like, why can't we get those like laser beams that go in all different directions, like in the movies when they're yeah. uh when 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 robbers are going into a bank <laughs> or going into a, a vault or a museum and then all you gotta do is have that spray and it just appears. Oh, exactly. Of course, of course, yeah. Yeah, which totally doesn't exist, by the way. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's see. So I know a lot of people are going to be on uh, Ryan Murray for this game and just reading what kind of people were tweeting out. I'm I'm he didn't play great. He didn't have the greatest game. A lot of people are getting on him for the Braden point goal. 
I hate to tell you, like there were two defenders there that he got through, yeah. not just Ryan Murray. So yeah, no. that wasn't good. And there was another one where I don't know what the heck he was doing with the puck in the corner. And he was just fumbling around with it. And yeah. Corey, Corey Perry came out of nowhere and was just like, all right, I'm going to hit you. Like you're not doing anything with the puck. So that was, yeah, it wasn't his, his shining moment, but let him get, but like he's had more than eight days off. Yeah. Let him get back into the flow of the game. He was the replacement for Curtis McDermott. McDermott was a healthy scratch and we've been singing McDermott's praises for a little while. So I think Jared Bednar is in an interesting situation here. Like I understand you got to get Ryan Murray back into the game uh, and you won it. So that's good. So maybe he he's bought himself mm-hmm. another a game or two, but you have to get him back involved because he, he, he is a good player. He didn't play a good game, but you don't just throw him to the wolves now and just say like, we're done with you. No, like let no. him let him get back and acclimated to, to game action. And Ryan Murray has been doing this for a little while. So <laughs> Give him, yeah. give him a little bit. Like right. it, he's not, he's not Kale McCarr out there. He can't just flip it on, flip it off. Give him a, give him a little bit. Like Abe Kubel wasn't the greatest night out of him either. Like to see him step up a little bit, but nice to see Berkey in midseason form as well. <laughs> I did like. There were a couple. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, the the Snoop Dogg award was alive and well. Uh, oh. at, at least one shot. And I and I text. We don't text too much during the game, but I did send you a message. And I'm like, he Burakovsky had a wide open look. Time and space was everywhere for him, and he sailed one high. Yep. I I, I just I I don't know. I don't know. When it's but. all said and done, he's going to be a great PGA golfer. <laughs> <laughs> um. You but you mentioned Abe Kubel, and and there were they had a couple shifts that were really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth line. They, I, I'm telling you, from top to bottom, the Abs. This was, I think, their best forechecking game of the year. Yeah, they held pucks in the zone. They were cycling like clockwork, and there were times where you thought like they gave up the puck, but they didn't quit on it and regained possession and and did another cycle or two. Like they looked really, really good. I don't know if that was a point of emphasis or the past couple games or past couple practices. Um. If it is, it worked. If it's not, it it still worked. Uh, it was enjoyable to watch. And for someone who's been holding the door for these two, JT Comfort and his breakout pass and Tyson Jost and his little, it amounted to nothing, but his little between the legs deke that he did to try and pretty. prolong the play. I see what you guys are doing. Um, you must know that there are other teams in the arena looking for trade value. Yeah. So... You, you guys did good. You fooled them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if if we get a trade like tomorrow for one or both of those guys, uh, it, was, it was simply because of that move by, by Tyson Jones. No, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, it was reported that there were scouts from the Winnipeg Jets and the Flyers there. The Flyers isn't surprising because obviously the Avs are in on Giroux. Uh, Winnipeg surprised me a little bit. I really haven't paid attention to them as a, a trade partner. But then you have to remember that, you know, they were playing a very good team in Tampa Bay and maybe that's who they were there to scout was for Tampa Bay because, I don't know, I just don't get up too much for in-division trades. Like, I yeah. know Pavelski is possibly on the market. I just, I, I'm not putting all my eggs in, my, in, in the same basket for, for my team getting him um, because it's Dallas and why would Dallas want to deal him to us? Same thing with Winnipeg. I never really had Winnipeg on my radar because why would they do that? Yeah. So, 
And Paul Stasny went a couple places before he went to Winnipeg. So, some weird way, I I would like to have him back. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And, you know, every time I see him on the ice, I do miss him just a little bit. I know. I know. Because he was, like, after all those guys, like, kind of the end of the careers for your Joe Sackicks and Forsbergs and stuff like that, like, he was the guy. Yeah. He he was what carried the abs for a little while. And, you, you, you know, you like to see that when, like, careers are kind of on their downside. Guys go back to where it all started for them. It'd be kind of poetic for him to come back and hopefully have the chance of winning a cup. So better than Tangay being on the bench of the Red Wings. Still don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, he's a head co- uh, assistant coaching out there. He's a bench coach. Just doesn't make sense. You know better, Tangs. All right. Um, are we good? You can. Mm-hmm. You're, okay, good. Um, all right. Let's let's hear from Bet Online, and then we're gonna get to some uh, comments that Joe Sakic made um, in in the booth, like we said during the game, and then at the press conference right before the game started. A couple interesting tidbits that he had. But first, betonline.ag, excuse me, betonline.net. We've moved on from the AG, and we are now Mm -hmm. betonline.net. And it has you covered this season with more prop bets, odds, and lines than ever before as football's big game is right around the corner, sir. So uh, get to betonline.net for it's your best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news as well for this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 seasons. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. So, uh, well, right before we get to the Joe Sackick stuff, just some stats that I wanted to throw out. Uh, both teams 0 for 3 on the power play. Um, I didn't really think the Avs generated much on the power play. Uh, no. No, they didn't. And and maybe the flip side of that, they didn't allow the Lightning really to generate much on a power play as well. And the Avs kind of, they would have a power play and then commit a penalty of their own. You know, yeah. I think Kadri did that once. A lot of 4 uh, on 4. A lot of four and four stuff. So the the pen the, or the power plays kind of have to look a little bit deeper into that because I think the one the Avs had was for like eleven seconds. Yeah, and then and then Kadri got a penalty. So take that with a grain of salt. Wasn't the best day to really get good looks on a power play, um, but the Avalanche won the faceoff percentage, and I think we need a golf clap for that. They said it couldn't be done. Uh, and, and yeah. And I mean, if you're going up against a good team, you really didn't think it could be done. But 52% to 48%. I mean, I'm smiling because we won faceoffs. And I don't think faceoffs are the biggest thing in the world, depending on where they are on the ice. But uh, the abs never, they never win the faceoff percentage. So, and the way this game shaped up, this might have actually benefited the Avs to win this many faceoffs and get that extra possession in a three to two game with Absolutely. the lightning coming at you. It helps. Absolutely. Totally agree. So, um, all right. So, like we said, Joe Sackick, I want to bring this up. Um, press conference. And, and it wasn't, I didn't think it was announced. I didn't hear anything. But then all of a sudden, people were like putting up, 
tweet saying like Joe Sackick's going to hold a press conference. And I think a lot of people were like, is he announcing something? This isn't normally how you announce a trade. Like, for, yeah. uh, we, it kind of just makes its way <laughs> through the the media uh, circles. But no, it was a it was more or less a uh, mid season kind of just checking in with everybody and kind of a state uh, of the union. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it. So, kind of the the big takeaways. Um, he did talk about Bowen Byram. And he was asked if he will return this year. And he did say, we hope so. And Kyle's shaking his head. If you're not on YouTube, Kyle's shaking his head, and I'm agreeing with him. Uh, but he said, we definitely hope so. And this is his quote. We're giving him space. He needs some time. He's a great young hockey player who's going to have a long career. Um, and they just want to make sure there's no lingering issues when he returns. If you listen to this show day in and day out, whenever we talk about Byram, I'm not, you know, uh, tooting our own horn here, but we were saying this stuff a long time ago Mm -hmm. and now it's a reality. And I didn't want him playing in November, December, believe it or not. So this is, I don't, I don't, you you know that they have the best people on this, but I don't want to see him this year. Just like you don't. Nope. Yeah. Um, as far as trades go, you know, the avalanche obviously had made a lot of deals in, in previous years that has kind of hamstrung them for draft picks. Anyway, mm-hmm. they don't have a first or a second going into this draft. They do have next year's first round pick, but Sackick did not rule that out of giving that up for this trade deadline. And I'm okay with that. I, I really am. I wouldn't go beyond that. But this, it's about winning a Stanley Cup. You did all your wheeling and dealing for the past yeah. several years. And now you have all of those picks and all of those prospects that are now playing. They're involved. And if all goes well, that is a 30-second pick in the first round. Essentially a second-round pick. So I'm okay with that. But because you got to go all in because the goal is to win a cup. And sometimes you got to sacrifice that stuff. And that's where the avalanche are sitting right now. Yeah. Especially like you, you you hit the nail on the head with that. Like they've done the riverboat gambling and making all these super Joe moves and don't pick up the phone. If Joe Sackick's calling, well, it's time for that to translate to something mm-hmm. like we've hit the second round for two years in a row. This is the year to make some moves. If we got to pick to put in a package, this is the year to do it. Yeah. I mean, if you are the favorite to, to go win it and you're having that type of season, you do. It's just what you do. You you shore up your team. Wherever you feel like there's holes, you plug them in. And if you have to give up draft picks to do it, so be it. Because mm-hmm. you're you're a good team. And 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 the draft picks that you would have, anybody that you pick is not going to be inserted into the lineup in the next year or a couple of years, because guess what? You've proven that you, the team, the team that you have now is sufficient. Yeah. It's just the cycle of things. So yeah, you're going to have to give up some stuff, but I'm fine with that. I wouldn't keep doing it like year after year after year, because eventually you do have to replenish those yeah. prospects that you're bringing up. But for where the Avs sit for this year, I do it. Yeah, and, and this is the year he's been building for. So yeah. make your move and make your statement now because next year this team's not going to look the same. So 
Optimize what you have. And you mentioned that, and this was the big one that I think he talked about. Nathan McKinnon, we're all thinking about that. He has one one more year left on his current deal. But Sackick said they would like to iron out an extension with him over the summer, over this summer. And Joe Sackick is known to do this. Mm -hmm. He is very good at getting extensions for guys going into their last year. The Gabe Landeskog thing, that doesn't happen a lot. And if you remember, they tried to do it with Landeskog. They tried to get things going, and then COVID hit, and things were just – nobody knew what was going on with the salary cap. So that got put on the back burner a little bit, but they tried. Yeah. And he did it with Sam Girard. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He did it – who's the other guy? Um, I think – was I think it might have been Taves. I think Taves was on when they traded for him. He was on yeah. last year, and they immediately got a, a new deal signed for him. But he's known to want to get deals done while you're on the last year of your contract, not waiting until they become restricted or unrestricted for his big-name guys. So this could happen for the Avalanche this summer. They can't talk about it now because it's the current mm-hmm. year. Once the new year begins and it's the offseason, you can start talking to this guy. So – Let's hope he doesn't even hit the market. No. And I think he learned his lesson from how everything went down with Mika Rantanen and that little holdout situation. I think he I think he learned his lesson there and he's going to get it done. I do. I I think this one he gets done. I think this is gonna kind of be like a Sam Gerard thing. And it's not like a new deal would replace the last year. Uh Nathan McKinnon would still have to go out and play the last year of his contract, which is Will forever be the most team <laughs> team friendly deal for a superstar. He'll have to finish that out, and then it kicks in the year after. So um, I I do I think it's kind of and he did mention some things when he was on the broadcast about uh, Gabe Landeskog about you know they both really felt like a deal was going to get done both sides. When, you know, the situation that we're in, like the media side of things, we're breaking everything down. And every day that goes by, it's another like, oh, no, he's, he's going to hit the market. He's gonna, and he did hit the market. But neither one of them, I got the impression that neither one of them were really feeling like they were going to move on from one another. Yeah. And I get that impression even more so with Nathan McKinnon. So I genuinely feel really good about a deal getting done, an extension getting done uh, this offseason between the Avs and, and Nathan McKinnon. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, it's priority number one. I mean, there's no two ways about it. That's who you need to bring back. And if you don't, the legacy of Joe Sackick will be looked at in a different light if they do not bring back Nathan McKinnon. Let me ask you this. Does it change anything if they do win a Stanley Cup this year? (laughs) Then if they win a Stanley Cup this year, Nathan McKinnon is staying. I mean, I devil's advocate would he say like i i've accomplished what i want to accomplish here let me try it somewhere else if you win one you're halfway there to being one of the greatest avalanche players of all time well that's the other side of it is you yeah. win one and like let's keep this train going and let's let's build something here let's build a dynasty here so like let's be better than the gm yeah you have all the opportunities <laughs> you once go. you win one you're halfway there to beating joe sackett right and i think that's the mentality that that mckinnon has like mm-hmm. they these guys are close. Yep. And and you, you, Miko is locked up for a while. Landis guy's locked up for a while. So you know you're going to be playing with those guys for a long period of time. You can do some special things. And I think that's where McKinnon's head is going to be at. So Yeah. 
We shall see. All right. The abs are off until Super Bowl Sunday. Early play, game, too. Yeah, it's a two Eastern time game for the abs against the Dallas Stars. Maybe they play the game and then Pavelski hangs back and doesn't take the flight. Or no, he takes the flight home with them because it's in Dallas. Oh, so, so maybe they play the game and then he charters a flight with the Avs. Doubtful, but I yeah. doubt that's the star that would be leaving first. <laughs> Who would it be? They've they've got a couple that are already voicing that they want it's out. Pleasure, yeah. So yeah. I I think Pavelski will stay there for a bit. Yeah, it'll be an interesting team to watch. So. All right, everybody, that is going to wrap it up for today and for this week. Uh, yeah, it's good Good to start off this way when you get back from a break uh, with a win. So that'll wrap it up for the week. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. We will not have a show on Monday because of it. I know I'll be watching it. I know Kyle will be watching it. I know 130 million other people will be watching it. So it'll be a, a late night. So no show on Monday, uh, but we'll be back on Tuesday to talk about the stars game uh but that's gonna wrap it up for today and for this week thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day head on over to locked on nhl for your second listen of the day and get caught up on everything going on around the league and definitely check out the extra shows we have on locked on nhl Mm -hmm. uh, that are covering the uh the olympics and the well the olympic hockey games for the men and the women so all right everybody he is mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris maselli and this is the Locked on Avalanche podcast. And we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Go, Abs, go.